Sam, go away. Seriously, go away though. Or lay down. Do you think that sound just makes him go away? It's actually drawing in more animals. Come to me! Seriously, animals, go away, please. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Subject Tonight. That felt weird with me doing it. Can I you know. Do it instead? <laughs> Can you just do it instead? Open the window. I don't want to open the window. It's hot in here. It's getting hot in here. So keep on all your clothes. I am out of the shape. I'm going to keep my clothes on. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to The, the subject, subject Tonight. I'm Jesse. I'm Megan. And this is The Subject Tonight. Why do you the, repeat uh, The Subject Tonight like twice? That's going to make me really Welcome confused. to The Subject Tonight. I'm Jesse just with The ca- Subject Tonight. Just in case the you subject were tonight on is what the show, show that we uh, do as a podcast. Dobby, get out of there. I'll fuck you. Up. I was like, please add another word. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we here we on The Subject Tonight do not fuck animals. I mean, speak for yourself. I've been married to one for fucking over a year. And you, I've you. been married to both you and a horse named Olivia. <laughs> Is she nice to you? At eh. least? She treats you well. She's okay. Okay, as long as she puts out for you, so that I don't have to. I mean, <gasps> oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, sadness in our. Okay. No, I was gonna try to make a joke. So today is no joke. She really matter. behooves me. I need to leave. Canceling the podcast. Because horses have hooves, you see. No, no, they're not. No more podcast. It's done. It's over. And uh, she also behooves me, as in whatever behooves means. <laughs> I don't know what it means either. Oh, fuck. Maybe you should have learned it before you oh, told man. that really terrible Well, joke. joke's over. Hi, everyone. Uh, Megan has a subject today, but uh, first off, we're going to uh, tell some weird news. Okay. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with mine. Well, which one is which one are you doing? I'm gonna do a random one. A rando? Yes. Wauwatosa Donut Shop creates edible. Fuck you, edible Tide Pod donuts. I was like, are you gonna try to slowly Son read that whole bitch. thing? Despite large amounts of sugar, frosting, and empty calories, a Wauwatosa bakery has come up with a way to safely partake in the pi- Tide Pod challenge. Kill them all. <laughs> By killing yourself. Cranky owls. Come on. Of Wauwatosa came up with the design for a raspberry-filled raised donut that covered in that's covered in vanilla frosting. Unlike the real Tide Pods, these lookalikes are meant to be eaten. You hear that, you little fucks? <laughs> meant to be donuts. Not Tide Pods. Although the flavors they're using are appetizing. Like, these, I do like red. Well, if you filling. let me read it, I might say what it is. The nonuts were inspired by the Tide Pod Challenge, an online phenomenon that began earlier this month after youth were recorded eating the bite-sized concentrated detergent packets. According to the American Association of Poison Control Center, uh, at least 10 deaths have been attributed to Oh my god. Which contain numerous chemicals that are harmful to the body. I'm going to actually... Stop reading it and just... I'm going to actually see if that's true. Because there's two bits, I think, of... Of false information in this. Oh, false info? Tell me more. Just one second. Son of a bitch, it's right. There were 12,000 poison control calls for fucking people with fucking Tide Pod fucking challenges, and five people died. Let them! I agree. God, unless you're unless I mean, you're I a small baby, unless you're a baby, that's different. Bitch, if your I kid's don't... that dumb, it's yeah. obvious that some kind of lineage, like your your lineage, was not meant to go on. I don't think that the babies are participating in the tide challenge, though. Well, no, they're not fucking participating in a tide But I really think that if you sat in front of a camera and you were like, hey guys, watch me eat this tide pod and you die from it, I'm sorry, that was your choice. that I didn't know, and it makes sense, but it was like, it never, like, occurred to me, like, what actually happened when you ate them. And a doctor was talking about it, and, um, the, the chemicals, whenever you bite into them, the most dangerous thing that happens is first off they dissolve them. You don't even have to bite them, yeah. but a lot of people do. When you do that, the chemicals instantly mix mm-hmm. and they shoot to the back of your throat. Yeah. So you can't just spit it out. 
and then it actually causes chemical burns. It's like not and uh, to that and your vocal folds. Mm-hmm. And uh, I studied pedagogy in college, and something you learn is your vocal folds don't fucking heal. Mm-hmm. Like they're damaged, they're done. So. Well, not only that, but if it does manage to get to your stomach, I would assume that all the acids would rapidly break down all the other chemicals and cause a lot of gas explosions and I mean, not explosions, but you know what I mean. Yeah, like but it's making your stomach expand and you can't. Did you know you die if you ate your... pure sodium? I did not, but now I do. Pure sodium, whenever it's uh, introduced to water, fucking explodes. Well, don't eat that either. That's not the next challenge. I already did it. Well. This is Jesse's last episode. He won up to the Tide Pod challenge and, I ate and he lost. the sodium tablet challenge. Oh my god. We here at the subject tonight do not take any responsibility if you hear this episode and are dumb enough to eat an entire thing if of sodium. If you kill yourself you're an idiot. on accident because you're it's a fucking moron. It's not on accident. Moron. At that point it's on purpose. You, we, you heard us say it will kill you. I mean, our whole generation anyway. wants to die. They just wanted to go out being like trendy while they did. No, I'm going to come back to that generation thing cuz our generation is just kind of depressed. The generation eating Tide Pods are just idiots. Anywho. Your news. I My news has nothing to do. Hey guys, wait. This is the sound of good pussy. I really hate you, and no, it's not. That's what it sounds like. Real frothy and... Yeah, frothy and like you're shaking a bottle of tea, which is what he's doing. <laughs> I apparently don't have that good pose. <laughs> you don't. It's not this frothy. Anywho, mm. on to news that makes people happy and not feel mm. weird inside. Oh, good. Oh. Speaking of a new generation, oh, God, Fiona so... the Hippo. Oh, you t- cannot keep making that sound when I'm talking about Fiona and all her oh. glory. Oh, t- yeah. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fiona the Hippo, uh, you know, she just celebrated her first birthday last week. Oh, yeah. Which was super exciting, and it was really and adorable. And her didn't kill her. I, I enjoyed that, too, because she was a preemie. She yeah. had to be taken care of. So That and male hippos, if they want to like assert dominance over other hippos, they do what lions do, and they go up to babies and bite them in half. Oh, I don't... That's not what happened. Anyway, so... <laughs> okay. But speaking of, speaking of biting things in half, so they put two boxes in her enclosure today. One with the Eagles on it, and then one with the Patriots on it, and then they put lettuce on top of and in front of both boxes, and then they put her straight in the middle of them, and whichever one she ate, they said that was their Super Bowl prediction winner. So who do you think she ate? Uh, The Eagles. Yes! According to Fiona, the Eagles are going to win. Oh, well, Fiona's probably wrong. Well, I just think that Fiona knew that the Eagles were the underdogs, and Fiona knows what it's like to be an underdog. Because, you know, she was a preemie and her parents apparently could have just bitten her in half. So she that didn't happen. And now she is like an internet sensation. Do you know what I've just done? Internet America. I just cut a piece of paper in half with another piece of paper. Why? You know, people get on me all the time about going down weird rabbit holes and not yeah. being able to stay on topic. Yeah. You are a million times worse than me, and no one calls you out on it. Oh, and it's, it's because a I do insulting. it, and I'm charming when I do it. No. You're just annoying. That's rude. Guys, listen to this. It's me cutting another piece of paper and half another piece of paper. I guess I like how I'm using like that audio as like, yeah, proof. If it, yeah, if it's it like, were... guys, look, I'm solving quantum physics equations no one has ever been able to solve. That's not true. Listen to this. He's... I found the end of the number of pi. He's not. That's not true at all. He's not qualified. Guys, look, I found life on Mars. I really, really hate you. I just, I can't express the amount of rage that's just seeping in my veins right now. Guys, look, I found the amount of rage that Megan, uh, Megan feels in her veins right now. No one gives a fuck. (laughs) I'm true though. It's true. Anywho, so. That's it. That's all I have for uh, for weird news. I hope that the Eagles win. I am not a football fan, typically. I mean, I do like my Steelers. No uh, it, it doesn't on matter stats, if you're a football fan. Everyone fucking yeah, hates we, the Patriots. Everyone hates the Patriots, except for this one person that we know, and I and still judge him. And the New England him. people that so, live in New England. Most people in New England hate the Patriots. <laughs> so, yeah... Well, that was interesting. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. No problem. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, Megan, since you fucking brought us 
to this exciting point in our lives. I did. Um, well, you know, I could just sit here and, and rub paper together, but I'm not because I, mean, I love the people. Guys, vote online. Who is more entertaining? Megan's fucking Fiona the Hippo dipshittery or me rubbing two pieces of paper together. I like how your weird news was not an option for who was more entertaining because you literally just read it off the phone. And now, <laughs> next up, we will be talking about the subject for tonight. Megan, what's the subject? So, I'm really tired of the iGen or Centennials or what Generation the fuck Z. Is that? They're everybody born after 1996. Oh. I'm really tired of them being lumped in with the millennials. I'm real tired of the millennials being lumped in with the fuckheads. That's true, but some of us are fuckheads. But yeah. we're not as fuckheadish enough to eat a Tide Pod. We're also not fuckheadish enough to destroy the world economy and the housing and, and the housing fucking market. And then we're not fucking stupid enough to create the whole idea of fucking unpaid internships. Yeah, that was Gen X and the baby boomers. Yeah, so. fuck you guys. Thanks. We're we, just destroying Applebee's. We talked about that in like one of our first episodes. I think like episode three. Yeah. We were talking about how the number one complaint that I always hear from Gen X and from baby boomers is that millennials are entitled. That we don't use napkins enough. Uh, well, that too. Um, but one of the biggest things is we all expect a participation trophy. You gave them out. Yeah. The generation before that gave them out. I so. also don't expect a participation trophy. I don't. Um, I actually feel like I it's actually really don't insulting. Know, <laughs> I don't know anybody ever in my generation that expects a participation <laughs> Like a participation trophy. No, that's, that's literally just like, anyone. hey, you showed up, but you weren't good enough to do anything. It's just a reminder of your failure. I I've don't met, know anyone that strives to get that. You know, I've <laughs> met people that are not equipped for, you know, for the adult world. But uh, guess what? Who the fuck were their parents? Right. So I know that I li in the life I lived, I was pretty more prepared than a lot of other people mm -hmm. I knew. I'm still wasn't put where I should have been. Well, you were more prepared I than I was. I so story time. Very first time that I went grocery shopping, Jesse went with me, and I did. I came from I wouldn't call us rich, but definitely upper middle class. Would you say yeah. that? So we were able to afford name brand shit. Let's, there we go. Easily afford, you know, Kraft mac and cheese. So I became accustomed. <laughs> That's a fucking status To that. Nowadays. It is. If you can buy name brand Pop-Tarts and mac and cheese, you have made it in the world. So we go to Walmart and it's my first check from Build-A-Bear because, you know, I have just like a medium, you know, part-time because she's a fucking college student yeah i think i was maybe working 12 hours a week making 7.25 an hour and went to walmart with my 110 dollar check and jesse is literally watching me go down the aisles like well why don't you get this brand it's like way cheaper and he's trying to explain to me like what the you know how much it is per ounce means yeah you know maybe i'm gonna get a better deal. I don't know any of this. I'm used to going with my mom who, you know, up until that point had never really had to worry about, oh, did I coupon? Oh, did I do this? She could just, oh, you want this? That's fine. Put it in the cart. So I did the exact same thing. All while he's like, that's going to be too expensive. I get up and it's like $98 at the counter out of my $110 check. And I still have to get gas to get to work, which means I have nothing left over. And you also have to realize I'm also on a meal plan. But in my head, I was like, oh, well, this is too expensive. I'm already at the counter. I can't put anything back. So I took it all. And I just cried in the middle of the store. He's trying to console me. And like people are staring and it's just really awkward for everyone involved. And uh, that's the real story of how reality hit me real hard because um, I was not taught before that. Yeah, and so I was actually looking at something because people say millennials, one of their biggest complaints is that they're lazy. But there's actually numbers here that say um, millennials, over 75% of millennials work over 40 hours a week. That's not saying that that many millennials have full-time jobs. It's saying over 75% of all millennials work. Over 40 hours a week. So oh, yeah. then, it's, then it goes to how many of those, what percent of those millennials have, uh, have uh, full-time jobs and don't work that because a part-time is like 36 hours. Well, or how many millennials have multiple jobs or because when school. I was in college, yeah. I, my senior year, I worked three jobs on top of going to school full-time. And so I, I had one job that had morning hours. 
and they only offered morning hours. So I was there in the morning, then I had class, and then I had two different jobs that I alternated weekends and weekdays on that you know gave me nighttime availability. You can't have a full-time job and go to school full-time, but you can't pay your bills even yeah. You know, even when you do live on campus and or whatever course, without having a full-time job. Yeah, because, of course, the weight of a dollar is so much less than it used to be. Oh, I yeah. know that glo- uh, it says uh, here that globally um, it's, it, you know, it's 75%. But in India, um, the young workers spend most of the time in the office. And the average weekly shift is 52 hours. And in the United States, um, the average work week is 45 hours. Mm -hmm. And this is more than, you know, this is more than the generations before us. Well, and I mean, you have movies back in the day like 9 to 5 where you literally worked nine to five okay that's eight hours a day that's exactly 40 hours a week but that's not what happens anymore that's not how the economy works anymore and that's actually one of the big things that separates generations yeah is the economy so i guess the top three are parenting styles and what's normal for parenting technology growth and and economic growth and those are the three things that like that's how people know, hey, we need to separate these generations because there's been a big shift. I mean, if you look at the buying power between, you know, January of 1980 versus, you know, versus the this last year, um, it's it's somewhere like over 300 percent. Yeah. Like uh, like the buying power back then was 300 percent more. So if I were make you know, to kind of give a perspective, if I were making what I'm making now monthly back then in Indiana, I would be making six thousand three hundred thirty-seven dollars a month. A month. That I alone would be making like oh, nearly eighty thousand dollars a mm-hmm. month, and uh, you know uh, around seventy eighty thousand dollars, and that's just insane to think at the job I'm at. And so you know, of course, we have to work more hours. We have to work harder. And, you know, the job I'm at right now, I'm really lucky that I'm, you know, doing as well as I am. Uh, congratulations to me. I just passed my first test Woo-hoo! for agency. And, so proud uh, of you. Now the next processes are just re- meeting meet some of the more requirements and then finding an office. But, like, I've had to work my ass off. Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I think that a lot of people are looking at millennials, which millennials, by the way, are, that are in line to be some of the most successful people, you know, yep. you know monetarily. You know, they see them and they think that they're lazy. We're working our asses off. But exactly. we, were, we were told at such a young age that the only way to succeed was to go to college, I think is one of the biggest things. Yeah, go to college, get a high-paying job. Yeah, but it's not the case anymore. No. Even the buying power of a diploma is not what it used to be. And now everyone's saying, you know, I remember my senior year of high school, people started to say, don't go to college, you know, start in the workforce. And it, it was like, and by that point, I'd already been reading yeah, so long. I was like, ah, that's a phase of thought. Which, of course, this whole thing is a phase of thought, the in and out of college. But like now it's like I would have done better off. I think my education yeah. was fantastic that I got, but I could have learned a lot of that stuff just by spending time in a library. And it's it's just insane to me, like, how little college, if you don't know it beyond anything on a bachelor's goes. I have a friend that has um, has like two masters, mm-hmm. and right now she's a substitute teacher. Yeah, well, and I think that's the craziest part. So one thing that I've heard constantly is, you're so young, I don't understand how you have so much debt. I never had that much debt at your age, and I went to college. I had a part-time job, and I could pay for college. Why can't you pay for college? And then I try to show them the stats, and suddenly they're like, oh, well, you Can know. Can you work three times the hours you did in college? Exactly. I mean, Hillary Clinton even brought up a really good point when she was running for president. And she and I want to say it was Elizabeth Warren were talking about loans and like how expensive they are now. Yeah. And one of the things that they were saying was Hillary was like, I worked part time, like 15 hours a week. And that paid for all of my monthly everything else. And the only loans that she had to take out were were for law school. Hmm. And even then, she only had like maybe $20,000 in loans. The average millennial leaves college with $100,000 worth of loans in debt. Yeah. And it's not at a you know 3.7% interest rate. It's at like a 23% interest rate. So when we're paying on Jesse's student loans, every month we pay about $200. And like 160 of that just goes to his, just goes to his interest. It does 
does not touch the principal. So we're going to be paying on his student loans for the next 35 years. We will be retirement age by the time that his student loans are paid off if we only pay the minimum, which for a lot of kids that graduate college around this time, that's all they can afford. And I know for me personally, whenever I first went to college, I really didn't have a choice. I was a homeless youth. Yeah. And so when I was at college, I was done. I had nowhere to go other than college at that point. And I'm kind of looking at what the numbers would be. So uh, if you uh, right now, if you work 20 hours a week at a seven, uh, $7.50. Um, oh, so, so above minimum, minimum wage. A little bit above minimum wage. Get my math and skills. Actually, going. babe, we'll make this a little bit easier because Walmart's starting pay is ten dollars an hour now. Okay, and Walmart yeah. is a, so a 10, huge company. Lots of millennials could probably get so, jobs. Okay, there. so ten Let's times be twenty. Very generous. That's going to be two hundred dollars a week times four at eight hundred a month. Time, and then we're going to take away uh, uh, the thirty tax. percent in taxes. So times times point three point three. So that's going to be eight hundred minus two forty. And that's going to leave you at 560. So now that's pretty good. Back when you fuckers were in college, uh-huh. that would equate to today, someone making minimum wage, not minimum wage, making that nice, you know, pretty good wage, part time making $1,680 uh-huh. per month after taxes. Can you imagine? Well, working- that would be per paycheck. You didn't do it per month. You, you only. I did it per pay, uh, per month. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes. But 18, uh, 1600 $80. If you were to multiply that part-time right now times 12, that would be $20,160. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, after taxes, that's what I make. And I work a full-time job. Well, after, tax, full-time after taxes job, and insurance. A full-time job working at Walmart as a cashier mm-hmm. is what you would have made. So, of course... You didn't have the same struggles. Things weren't three times more expensive. And it seems to me that some, especially people in power, politicians, some of them realize it. Hell, you know what? I bet most of them realize it. But it gets really difficult when politically, you know, you get you get your money for advertising and for yeah. recampaigning from banks, from, you know, big corporations who profit from high interest rates, who profit from all these loans. People like Sally Mae who just buy out loans like they're going out of style. And it's just, it's a it's a money scheme. So yeah. I can't blame anyone that's like, oh, well, I didn't get a chance to go to college because it's too expensive. I don't blame you. We yeah. are going to be in debt forever. Now, this is us defending our generation. Now we're going to attack the <laughs> generation well, after hours. And that was one of the things that we brought up in our third episode. Every generation was at some fucking point, sucks for yes, some reason. Every generation hates the next generation. I won't say hate. That's too much. I do think that they're idiots. And if you eat a Tide Pod, then that's your own I, fault. But, I was talking to somebody today that um, she's um, – me and her are going to be meeting uh, over uh, life insurance. And I was asking what kind of coffee they want. And she said they want a decaf, you know, so, so, so. And I was like, okay, and blah, blah, blah. I actually, and we were joking around. I was like, yeah, I just brought my coffee pot in. I you know, don't like using uh, th- the Cur- um, Keurigs. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, why not? I was like, eh, I don't like the taste. Plus, they're not great for the environment. I was like, not that I'm in a huge environment, not. But she's like, but no. And this is like, yes, maybe they're getting it. Because she was like, no, but I understand. This is your world. This is the world you're going to be living in. And people, you know, it's a little too late now, but we're finally, everyone's starting to see what's happening. And it's too late by this point. I, you know, thank you for doing your part for your, you know, planet and your kids and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I guess there there is, she kind of saw that and it was fantastic. But most people, like, they always have a problem with the generation before them. Always. And so, you know, I have a list of some of these generations. But before we get to it, we're going to start kind of comparing and contrasting all the generations. What sucks about each generation and how awesome our, you know, us millennials are. Um, and we will do that right after this break. Hi, I'm Dustin. I'm Rob. And I'm Eric. And we're three guys sitting on a couch bringing you the Upchuck Theater Podcast. Whether it's the best of John Travolta, oh my god, or it's the worst of John Travolta, ain't it cool? Give us a listen and let us know what movies make you Upchuck. We watch the nonsense so you don't have to. Come waste an hour of your life so you don't waste another one. Welcome back. So before the break, 
uh, we said that, you know, we're kind of going to talk about some of the different generations and, you know, why why things changed and also why they sucked. So, generation numero uno. Um, so, first first off, before I even start this, the study of generations um, is kind of like a, a decently new thing. So, the the first generation that they have that's like, oh, this is a generation of people is basically anybody that was born before 1945. Okay. So, and they're called either the silent generation or traditionalists. Um, and so basically those were people that lived between World War One and World War Two. They lived gotcha. through the Great Depression. Um, you know, they're not necessarily the happiest of people <laughs> <laughs> because they've done nothing but suffer. <laughs> Um, but they did manage to, you know, get it on a lot after the war. So thank you. And then they made, they made the baby boomers and the baby boomers hate everyone. The baby boomers to me are the Mr. Wilson's of today. To me, the baby boomers are some of the most entitled people. I feel like I, yes. And I, I feel like I don't know where they get their sense of entitlement from. It's not even necessarily... I mean, it is entitlement, but it's not like they're entitled to things. I'm entitled to respect just because I'm old. Even though I'm a total grump or a total bitch, I deserve nothing but respect. They're this unique generation that demands respect but does not reciprocate respect. Exactly. And, you know, to me, I don't... I don't care how old you are. I've always been taught this, like, respect your elders. Yes. But at some point, I don't care how fucking old you are or what you've done or who you are. Like, if you can't show me respect, I will respect you in the sense that, like, I will treat you like a human being. But I don't owe you a fucking thing. No. Like. The, the biggest problem that I have with many baby boomers, and I will say not all, but many in my experience are racist as shit. And the only reason that I say that is baby boomers, you got to realize they're born between 1946 and 1964, lived before the civil rights movement. So they're used to being able to say the N-word whenever they want. Well, they're there has used to, to be segregation. Enough, I mean, there has to be enough baby boomers that aren't racist to 100%. let the civil, civil rights movement happen. Well, I mean, 100%. I mean, my great-grandfather was one of them. He marched with Dr. King in Washington. Yeah. So, I mean, I like I said, in my experience, you know, most but not all. Because as I'm saying that, his wife was secretly racist their entire marriage and just didn't say anything because she wanted to play the dutiful wife. Yeah. My husband is into civil rights, and so I will be too. But, like, when she got Alzheimer's, like, a lot of her caretakers were African-American. And yeah. sometimes the word would slip, and I'm really surprised nobody strangled her. But it, it's it's just... <laughs> In my experience, part of that entitlement is I get to hate people that aren't me. I think a lot of it is vocally. <laughs> I think a lot of it is fear as well, like fear of change, because every generation is going to fear change. Yeah, and you know they they lived in a, a, a gigantic change, and they see change, of course, happening all the 100%. time. You know, there's rights movements all the time now yeah. everywhere, and I think that it kind of you know. it's kind of scary to older generations during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But get the fuck over it. Like it's time for progress. Like, yes. Um, So that's one issue that I have with them. The other issue that I have is just a personal one. And it's, it's not to do with everyone. It's just, have you ever um, met one person? And that one person just ruined it for everyone. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It has to be story time. So, For those of you that don't know, I don't know if I talk about Becca a lot on this podcast, but my sister Becca has cerebral palsy and autism. So she is very small for her age and she also does not process things very quickly. So we're at KFC standing in line and Becca wants to do the little coin thing they have up there because they still have those old coin things from the 90s where you drop it down and then you see which one it which uh, tier it falls on and if it falls on one it'll knock one off it's like mousetrap and yeah. for a coin jar and they have them right up front next to the registers so Becca says can I go do one there's no one in line so Becca goes to do one and of course Becca, once again, taking her time processing which slot do I want to put this in yeah and an old couple comes up behind her now they could have easily walked around becca it was not so you know yeah crowded that she was obscure they were yeah they were the only ones there and she's like huffing and puffing and then finally um i'm like hey becca you know they want to get around you you need to move and she goes 
but I haven't put my coin in yet. I said, then put your coin in because they want, they want to get up to the register. And this lady grabs Becca by the arm and turns her to face her and says, how old are you? And Becca goes, I'm 12. At the time she was 12. And you know, she can, you can tell she's scared. And then she gets in her face, in her face, like actually spitting on her face, then act like it and tosses her aside. See, and I told Megan that it's a good thing that I wasn't there because I'm, I'm usually very like peaceful, calm person. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excitable. Like I, I, you know, I'm energetic, mm-hmm. but there are few, very, very few things you can do that will get me to a point where I am just going to make a scene. And, oh, I made a huge scene to well, the point where they called the police. That would have been the point where she would have grabbed Becca and I would have grabbed her wrinkly neck and said, how old are you? Oh, no, I did. I got in her face and her husband pushed her aside and was like, um, you don't talk to my wife that way. I said, oh, no, she had no problem talking to my autistic sister that way, who's absolutely See, terrified. But that's the fun part. So she can talk that's to me. The fun I'm part. an adult. She can get that's in my the fun face. part. Whenever the man jumps in the way, because if I punch an old woman in a KFC. Oh, I don't care. I'm I'll punch bad, an old no, man, no, too. <laughs> I can't. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. But as soon as an old man gets in my face for doing the same stuff, then if he wants to start some shit, I'll throw down with Grandpa in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and I'll teach him a little thing about trickle-down economics, where I trickle <laughs> an ass-whooping down to him, and then his grandchildren will feel it, his great-grandchildren will feel it, and whatever chromosomes they got left are going to be all jumbled till they're nothing but jungle cats. So, the lady made it worse on herself, though, because I did not immediately jump in. I attempted to immediately jump in, and my mom kind of pushed me to the side, not shoved me like that lady did, but kind of pushed me aside and was like, ma'am, we apologize if she was standing in your way, but she does have autism, you know. She was trying to explain it because most people, even that uppity bitch, when she hears, oh, she's mentally, you know, she's slower than the rest of us, they're like, I'm sorry, no idea, thought she was just one of these spoiled kids that run around. Because there are spoiled kids that run around that are Becca's age. And she goes, I don't care how old she is or how retarded she is. She needs to get out of well, my Well, and way. that's Reagan again. That's when I lost it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's definitely, yeah. That's Reagan again. You know, whole defunding all of the fucking, you know, mental institutions and mental yep. health institutions to fucking... <laughs> Oh, it just, it got on me. So I got in her face and she was obviously terrified of me because she's older. Because you're not a 12-year-old autistic girl. Yeah, exactly. Because I could actually kick her ass. So, of course, I'm causing a scene and I hear the cashier go, hey, I think that we need to call the police. And then the manager comes up, asks what happened, and another lady from the, that was sitting in the like store eating came up and told the manager what was going on as I'm still trying to yell at this person and the manager's telling me I need to stop. So then I think, great, I'm about to get kicked out of a KFC. I'm going to go whoop this bitch's ass in the parking lot. And he threw them out instead because the manager saw they were the ones that started it and caused a scene. Then when my mom peacefully tried to, you know, dispel this, whatever, then she decided to tell my mom, you know what for yeah. and i don't first of all she insulted my little sister grabbed her touched her it was inappropriate she shouldn't have ever done it then That's she got in my mom's entitlement face. though yeah i was entitled to whoop her ass at that point yeah. is what it was so though. and that's something else i was going to mention you talked even talking about kfc is the generational difference of treatment on staff especially in the food industry I have worked retail and food, and I can tell you right now it is 100 Well, you so have you. Yeah. 100%. Everyone's like, oh, millennials are so entitled. Millennials need this. Millennials aren't patient, and they're lazy, and they don't want to work. Watch I, how rude Martha is compared to fucking millennial exactly. whatever. Exactly. Every single time a millennial will be like, don't even worry about it. Uh, and then Martha's going to be like, uh, excuse me, I'd like to speak to your manager. Oh, that's my favorite. You'd like to speak to my manager? Hey, guess what? My manager's younger than I am. Yeah. So there's only one <laughs> time that I've ever I never I didn't request a manager but I I I feel weird always like feel weird calling back staff on things and um the one time that I was not rude but I did call her back and demand that she trade out what I had was I ordered a $12 glass of whiskey and there was a bug in it ew and I was like excuse me ma'am I do not mean to be rude but there appears to be a bug in my whiskey 
And she kind of was like, huh, that's funny. Thinking I was joking. And then I showed it to her. And there was, of course, a giant red bug in my whiskey. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 and returned it. I really don't do that at restaurants. Like, I would have done it for that. Yeah. But you've seen me. I've gotten completely wrong sandwiches before. But I see how flustered my waitress is with, like, her wait times and, you know, other people are being rude to her. And I'll just eat the sandwich because I know it's not her fault. Martha at Country Kitchen bullshit. Is being an asshole the whole time. Exactly. I will never. I always tip really big. I, Delivery uh, drivers. Anytime even, I like, eat with my grandparents, I always tip on top of their tip. Yep. Not as an insult, and I do it secretly because they'll be insulted if I don't. But it'll be like a fifty dollar meal, and my grandfather's like, "Here is five dollars." No, seriously, I actually worked with a guy that said he will never tip more than five dollars. He doesn't care if the meal is a hundred and eighty dollars. He will not leave more I than mean, five dollars. Garbage. Then. Yeah. <sighs> I love him, but I hated him at but the same time. But it's that whole thing of the treatment of people and this idea of being better than others. Yep. The entitlement. And I and they I guess it's an undeserved, you know, feel of hierarchy and over importance above people that work in food industry. Something I hear less and less is, you know, whenever people talk about like McDonald's workers, for mm-hmm. instance, you know, uh, that's something you hear a lot of you don't want to flip burgers your whole life. This is my favorite fucking thing ever. Are you ready? You need to educate yourself and work hard so you don't flip burgers your whole life. Uh-huh. Then you go to school so and you don't have to flip burgers your whole life. And while you're in school, they say, why don't you get a part-time job flipping burgers? Yes. Then you graduate. And you're like, man, I just can't find a job in my field. Are you too good to flip burgers? Yeah, exactly. Am I what supposed the to fuck quit my job? did and- I go to college for? Yes! And so you can flip burgers. Also, what is this animosity towards people that flip your burgers? Yeah, Are you out there fine. buying and eating those burgers? Because cannot, someone has to do you it. You cannot simultaneously partake in or contribute, uh, not contribute, but... Um, you don't purchase and buy into... N- I'm trying to think of the word for it. You cannot, you know... Uh, support. Not support... You can't gain from a service yeah. and simultaneously hate mock on that and service. hate and and make fun of people in that service. It's like trash man. I remember people always said, you know, you don't want to be a garbage man your whole life. I'm sorry, garbage people make more than me. They and make you. about fifty thousand dollars. I'll uh, smell a like trash all day. Worker for, okay, like can make like $50,000 a year. But I couldn't do it. So first off, I'm a freaking wimp. So if they have me out collecting trash in the middle of winter, no. Secondly, I know what kind of trash we throw out. I'm probably not strong enough to be a trash man. (laughs) Um, Thirdly, I also don't like the smell of trash and I would probably puke. So I don't know who's hating on trash men out there, but if you are, stop. So I realized freshman year of college, I may be sort of a communist. And because one of our classes, we had to, they gave us a pool of money and gave us a list of jobs and we had to decide who made what amount of money. Yeah. And what I did was, without realizing what I was doing at the time, as I was a Republican at the time still, um, I, uh, I basically made it where almost everyone made the same amount of money. College was free mm-hmm. at this point as well. But sanitation workers and people that had to work like the sewer jobs, jobs and all of that made, made more. slightly more. The only person that made more than the sanitation workers did. Well, no, they made a little bit less than sanitation workers did. Um, it was doctors. Mm-hmm. Because there will always They're be a fucking lives. doctor. Exactly. Uh, there will always be a doctor. There's no point in going, you know, in, in doing all that studying and working as hard as you do as a doctor if you're well, not then, making slightly well, more. Well, and then you doctors, I mean? most of the time, the, with the college being free, this helped. But most of the time, college, uh, not college, but doctors go into debt. Because I didn't realize this until I had a friend that was in the medical field. Uh, she was training to be a doctor. But you basically, they say, yes, here's a loan for X amount of money that yep. you decide. But you have to pay it back. So you're not allowed to have a job while you're training to be a doctor. Nope. So you have to borrow your living wages unless your parents can pay for it. And it's just insanity. Well, so I I really was what I liked Grey's Anatomy. Okay. And there's a ton of times where you just see them sleeping in the on-call room because they can't afford rent like yeah they just and you're not supposed to do it but i mean if you can't afford rent and your loan is gone what are you supposed to be be homeless and you know smell or take every day? up more money and be poor forever yeah you know well and i mean some doctors study for like 16 years yeah so that's 16 years of debt they're collecting yeah if you look at like yeah neurosur- they deserve more <laughs> neurosurgeons and stuff like that yeah. just the inc- the incredible intricacies of it um i, I don't know it's uh, so I found out I was kind of a hardcore, a softcore communist. So like, 
and I was it was my freshman year and it was just like and my teacher was like interesting how did you come across that you know decision and I just kind of figured it was best because I had known people that worked in you know sanitation and you know worked those hard dirty jobs their whole lives mm -hmm. and you know I was like wow like these people are keeping this fucking country together but they're getting paid you know not near as much because whenever I was a kid it wasn't the same way for some of those jobs yeah I mean who would want to do that job though because if you pay them you know, say twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Because you don't think it's a job you need to go to school for or whatever. Who's gonna do it? Are you gonna pick up your own damn trash and take it to the landfill? Are you gonna do that? And no, a dangerous you're not. job too. Yes. So I think that, and speaking of the communism, this brings me to another point, and it's the view on like the, anything other than like capitalistic democracy. Um, and my grandfather and I were talking at one point. And he just, you know, he got very serious because me and him talk about philosophy, you know, quite a, quite a bit. Now, is your grandpa a baby boomer or is he Gen X? Uh, he was he's, Gen, he's a baby boomer, right? Gen X, maybe. Gen X is 1965 to 1976. So that would be your mom, right? Yeah. And yeah, he was baby boomer. So he's still baby boomer. Yeah. So um, my grandfather was, we, he just got real serious and quiet one day. He was like, you know. I don't understand all of the stuff about, you know, people doing socialist communist stuff. And I don't agree with my grandfather politically, but like not, not that I'm a communist, but he was just kind of like, you know, everyone talks about this socialism on, you know, paying for this and this. And it just sounds like communism. And I was like, OK, I was like, what's so scary to you about communism? And he was like, I was raised in a generation where they it were was, terrified it, of communism. We were terrified. He's, he fought in the Vietnam War. It's called War. the Red Scare yeah. for a reason. He fought in the Vietnam War. He was like, I was trying to kill people like that. And now all of a sudden I see people in society and they're acting like it's a good thing. He's like, I don't know if it's good or bad. All I know is it, it scares me because of, you know, what I had to do. Yep. And, you know, then my grandmother got back in the car and he was a totally different person. It was like, it would just was something that was bothering him. But he was, it's almost like he needed to tell somebody outside of his generation. Yes. Because anybody in his generation would be like, oh, that's right. Fuck the communists. Yeah, exactly. But someone outside of it that's like in that view, he's like, I don't understand, you know, all of it. And I kind of told him, I was like, you know, we weren't raised that way. We weren't raised to be afraid of it. It's just something that, you know, is a possibility, you know, within, you know, because we're not horribly afraid. And, you know, that was kind of the end of it. But it, to me, it kind of, you know, it, it stood like, wow, he was raced to hate it so much to kill it. Exactly. And well, so that's why I think a lot of the change is scary because mm -hmm. it's like, no, we were raced to hate this. Why is it suddenly okay? Well, and I think that's one of the reasons that our generations are so different. So you have to think the baby boomers came from a generation where for 20 years, you know, not 20 years, but somewhere in that area, they didn't have a war. I mean, they, they've had breaks, yeah. whereas for millennials... We've been they, in war yeah, forever. So, I mean, even if you go to the very beginning, so millennials um, are defined as 1977 and 1995. It's one of the biggest generations. Um, Is it 87 or 97? Uh, 77. It's 77 and 95. I checked That's it three nuts. times. So Gen X ended in 76. Um, and part of the reason that it end that's where they're cutting it off is that we saw these huge shifts in technology and economics. And that's one of the two factors that, that changed generations. Cause generations, it's not like they, it's not like right now we got to 2018 and they're like, okay, Hey, we're cutting off the centennial generation now. Yeah. It's, it's like they look back on it 10 years later and they're like, no, this is where the cutoff was. Okay. So um, that and, and it also depends on your region. So the, all these facts that we're giving you are just for America because generations in India are going to be totally different than they are in America because they have completely yeah. different technological and economic shifts than we do. Yeah, and historical events. But our generation of millennials has been through um, the Gulf War, the War on Terror. And the War on Terror is still ongoing, correct? No, we, we officially, quote unquote, ended that in 2012 but anywho that's but we, we've point. always seen war we're still in a war like you know we were in a gulf war when we were born mm -hmm. and then we got out of that and we were kind of dull for a moment and then september 11th happened which coincidentally is why 
they stopped millennials at 1995 because they decided that anyone who was under the age of six could not comprehend September 11th. There was no way. And that was such a huge shift that it literally defined a new generation. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've been in a war my entire life. So war is nothing new to me. War is nothing that I go out and protest because it is so normalized now. Whereas, you know, my parents and my grandparents, I can still remember them talking about, oh, well, there was this protest over the war and there was this protest yeah. and they did this and we, you know, draft dodging and all this other stuff. There's no draft that I need to dodge right now. Like, it was it's totally different so i don't try to hate on every aspect of every generation before me because they went through some shit that i have not gone through but i think that's another huge point the baby boomer generation started this quote that said we need to make the you know life better for the next generation they need to have a better life than we had yeah and i think that every generation has followed it up after that but how can you I almost think there's a tinge of jealousy. Yes. From old well, generations. Yes and no, but I think that there is fear, but there's also a tinge of jealousy in the fact that like look what fucking millennials are doing right now. Like we're uh, inventing great big new things. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, intellectually we're a lot of the times, you know, beyond what they were like things that were not as common knowledge now. We have knowledge at the tip of our fingers, information's right there for us. Like and yet the kids who have all of this information in their fingertips are eating Tide Pods. Yeah, that's that. Well, because I can understand where some of the frustration comes for millennials and centennials. I yeah. get it because a lot of, you know, me growing up, I grew up in the generation where, you know, I still had VHS tapes and my grandparents and my parents still made me play outside. Okay, yeah. I, was at, I was at least, you know, that. But at the exact same time, you know, as a teenager, I had uh, AOL Instant Messenger. And so I I was constantly talking to people and, you know, LimeWire was available so I could download anything I wanted at the, you know, literal, you know, tip of my fingers. It was, it was so easy. iPods were coming out. Technology, it was just readily available to me. So yes, I wanted to use it. I thought it was nifty and, you know, I, I wanted all the new stuff. I wanted this new thing. And as soon as a new thing came out, I had to have that new one, even though the old one worked fine. Oh yeah. And so I get the sort of sense of entitlement because especially when you have iPhone who just got in trouble for slowing down their older models. Yeah, yeah, When yeah. you have teenagers that are like, oh, yeah, I have the iPhone 6, but the iPhone 8 slash 10 just came out, so I need it. No, no, no. I mean, it's not broken. It's great, but I want the new one. I get it. Yeah. I get where the frustration is coming from, but I feel like they're frustrated for the wrong reasons. I'm frustrated because 12,000 children have hospitalized themselves because one idiot, I haven't looked into who it was, decided it would be hilarious to get that someone will, to eat a Tide that Pod. That brings up the idea of spectacle and something that each generation, I think, is more and more like just enthralled in, and it becomes a stronger thing every year. Where if you basically you put something on the internet or on you know it used to be on the TV and now it's on the internet and the internet just spreads it so much faster, you know, whatever's gonna get you you know the most famous we say as we do a podcast and let's play. Yeah, I mean, I can't. But, I can't argue. you know, it's the idea of spectacle. And, you know, I know that me and you do it a lot for it. It's something we enjoy doing, and we do it for entertainment But purposes. I don't feel like because what we, we do, do can possibly yeah, hurt anyone. We want to be entertainers. And everyone wants to be entertainers. Safe entertainers. You, well, yeah. Even but the few times people, we drank on this podcast, we're I like, mean, if you're going to drink along, drink responsibly. Well, and think about, like, the show Jackass. Like, yeah. how dangerous some of that stuff was. And we just can't look away. It's one of those things where you cringe. You're like, oh, I don't think I can do this. But generally, people were enthralled that these things were happening. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just right there. I remember the Pain Olympics, for mm-hmm. God's sake. Like, something that was popular whenever I was in fucking middle school and high school. The well, Pain Olympics and were everything, nuts. Everything that's available, I feel like, is getting dumber and dumber. And I don't mean, oh, this is ridiculous. I mean legitimately stupid. So... For example, when my parents were kids, you know, they they still had sitcoms and their their morning cartoons still had some type of moral value or whatever. It was only on on Saturdays. Something. Now, here's the thing, though, is those kids' cartoons, some of them are getting dumber. And I agree. Like, there's less yeah. substance to some of them. However, like, 
there were people that said SpongeBob was bad for kids because it's not because it's like SpongeBob's gay because SpongeBob literally had too much content within a thirty-minute segment. Oh, there's been scientific reports. Go- yeah. yeah, but then you look at shows that are like that are for kids, like not kids shows in particular, but like. Some of the moral values behind shows where it used to be such a rarity to find, you know, something, some kind of deeper meaning on deep meaning. Yeah. And now it's everywhere. You have shows like not to use fucking Rick and Morty as a, you know, place to study philosophy. But that's not philosophy. meant for kids. It's that not. is meant for older kids like us. That was, that was my kids. point is like as, as a kid, like as a kid kid, say you're eight, yeah. nine, ten. Okay. When we were growing up, we had... Pokemon. Let's use that for an example. Okay. And that show, despite just being about kind of fighting monsters, also revolved around friendship and sportsmanship, and it had like an extra something to it. Meanwhile, one of my favorite, one of my sister's favorites as a kid when she was eight or nine was Fred. Yeah. So that's the difference well, and for like, me. Even Rugrats had, you know, things with like Chucky. Yes. The Chucky episode about his mom and his memories of his oh mother. Oh my God, yes. Is another one. Somebody was talking about Full House and who the fuck Full House was meant for. And finally it came down. It's not for, you know, because sitcoms are usually for single mo- or for moms. And then they're yeah. like, well, maybe it's they're for, for blah, 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 this. Maybe it's for the bros. No. It's for it the was kids. For, no, it wasn't. If you think about it, it's for the first generation of single fathers who got their kids before that time. It was the first time time that fathers started to get their kids. And the show really really pushed towards single fathers to, you know, for all the guys that lived in the house taking care of these kids. Fathers. Dads could do it. Dads dads can do it. And, you know, there's challenges because it's something that you've never done in the past. Dads have never done this. But this is now a generation where it's happening, and all of these dads together are falling short sometimes and need the touch of, like, Becky for a woman's touch. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it's not a coincidence all the kids are girls. Mm Mm-mm. Because it's so hard for those fathers to uh, well, not all of the kids, um, all of the little, all of the all of Danny's tanners, kids. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say but all the Tanners. The right? other kids, the twins, they have a mom and dad. Yeah, that's true. But all of the main kids in the show are all girls. They're all girls. If you look at shows like Mash, and there were a lot of shows back then that would have like an episode that had substance in it. Now we have shows where the entire thing. You know, they may have substance. Steven Universe is one that is made for kids, but I've seen a few episodes and there's a lot of substance in that show. However, how often do you find parents of kids like, yeah. not like our parents, but like kids our age that have kids. I, I just said kids our age, but you know what I mean? That let their kids watch Cartoon Network because more often than not, it is very adult themed anymore. So when your really only two options are Disney and Nick, if you count out Cartoon Network, yeah, there's nothing of substance on any of those channels anymore. And maybe it's just because I'm older and maybe I don't find it funny, but I'm used to even as a kid being slightly you know, challenged with the well, there was stuff the like, shows that I'm there watching. There was like Blue's Clues, which was just like fun well, that's puzzle like nonsense. For four-year-olds. But like, but like the TV show started to have more and more. Uh, I love Ginger is a good one. Um, as told by Ginger, it's not. I uh, love Ginger. Uh, sorry, as and, told by Ginger. And um, Hillary Duff, the that what is that? Um, uh, L- Raven. That's so Raven. They used to have shows with substance, well, and they a, just all it is is mind numbing. Yeah, nothing. So like, like those shows. And I'm blaming our generation to, oh, for yeah. that because our generation are the ones that are Developing out there making it. it. So if you look at shows like iCarly, which had some funny moments, but it's just I some love, of the dumbest shit. It, it, it was. It's all spectacle. Yeah, it was one hundred percent. It's a show about spectacle. It's about YouTube. It's about yeah. her having a pod or a, a vlog or whatever a video that show, is. Um, yeah, right, internet TV show, whatever. Whatever it but was. But it was. It's like you have stuff that goes from teaching that you know, Teen Nick also had like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That mm-hmm. was fucking hilarious. But at the same time, Fresh Prince of Bel Air had some real moments in it that legitimately spoke about the you know the dichotomy in class, racial issues, you exactly. know, things like that, and. It I just seems... don't think the new generation has a show like that. I cannot name one show that the new generation has at their fingertips that's popular that would actually teach them. That isn't considered anything. like nerd, nerd fandom. Yes, that's not because how many of these new kids you don't see a whole lot of nerds coming out of this new generation. I mean, at least I don't. I mean, I, I'm noticing like people your getting... Minecraft kids of today 
will be those nerds of tomorrow. Well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. We bitched a lot. We did. I think we did bitch a whole lot. This has been the bitchiest episode to ever bitch. I think so. But remember, everyone, I'm bitch. I'm also bitch. And this was the the bitching tonight. (laughs) Bye. We haven't filled an outro in a hot